And we are live. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another collective Hotelier Pulse session in collaboration with Great Hotels of the World and Guest Centric. Uh, we got a great uh, guest joining us today, Daniela Boken from Ruby Hotels. Daniela is the Group Vice President of Commercial, as well as a member of the Executive Board. So, Daniela, wonderful to have you joining us today. Thank you so much for, for being here. Yeah, thank you, Andre. I'm very happy to be here as well. Excellent. Wonderful. And, and of course, Pedro, uh, I don't think you need any further introductions, Pedro. Everybody <laughs> knows you these days. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. And uh, and thank you, Andre, for the nice intro. Like everybody knows me. I hope we're getting new people on, on the show. <laughs> I hope we're getting new people on the show that know me. And thank you, Daniela, for being part of this uh, effort to help uh, share some data and some, some best practices in the industry. Absolutely. And uh, I'll also just get started by also making sure everyone is reminded that uh, if you have any questions, please make sure you pop them into the comments section and tag who you'd like the question to be addressed to, whether it be Daniela or Pedro. Um, and of course, uh, Leia will put in the links for the, the guests uh, for the survey, for the Hotelier Pulse survey. Uh, and we certainly would uh, encourage hoteliers out there to contribute to that because, as usual, the more data that is collected, the richer the report is. And of course, the link to download the report will be made available as well. Uh, okay, so why don't we get started? Uh, let me just bring up this month's report as well into the picture, Pedro. Um, and I'd like to perhaps... I guess start by asking uh, Daniela yourself, um, you know, based on the, the last edition of the report, it was noticed that booked nights for March of 2021 outgrew March of last year, which is a good sign. It's actually outgrew by 14%. Uh, but clearly there's still a way to go before we reach uh, 2019 levels. So I'd like to ask yeah. and open up with Daniela. Yeah, how are your hotels experiencing the steady recovery of hotel bookings in the 12 months since the pandemic has uh, obviously affected the industry and become the global crisis that it is. Yeah, so uh, Ruby Hotels has mainly city center hotels. Um, and March last year, um, that was actually the month where um, everything started and where we got ca uh, cancellation after cancellation from different uh, congresses. And we've had such a strong cancellation wave in March 2020, where we had about as many room nights cancelled within a month as uh, we picked up in the entire month in 2019. So if we now compare our bookings in March 2021 to March 2020, they are much and much and much better than we had in 2020 because we just had this uh, drastic cancellation wave. And if we're talking about percentages, we might be talking about more than two and a half thousand percent of increase in bookings uh, in comparison to last year. So that's probably not really representative or because it were just such uh, abnormal uh, numbers. Um, but what Ruby does see is a continuous growth of bookings. Uh, so that's really great. Uh, we've actually um, looking Back at the past year, we've seen a very positive trend between the first and the second lockdown, where we uh, um, got a pickup very quickly and our bookings really indicated a quick recovery. Um, the second lockdown uh, for us has been a lot tougher, uh, which I assume for many hoteliers. Um, but the beginning of the year, in terms of booked room nights, that started very, very positive again. 
And then we had a bit of a dip in February and then March um, increased again. So March looked uh, a lot better again. And now uh, as well in April, um, we are seeing a really growing trend in terms of uh, booked room nights. So um, that is definitely looking great. Yeah, that's excellent. And Pedro, you've got some uh, statistics up on the screen as well. Um, is this just reflecting what Daniel's Daniela is seeing as well? Absolutely. And uh, and uh, I think sort of the so the, the report was done um, um, at the you know at the beginning of uh, of April or so. In the meantime, April is also almost complete, and we're seeing that actually the trend that started in March is looking very very positive in um, in, uh, in in April actually. And if you look here, this what we're seeing here is the bookings per channel. It's a uh, same star comparison, so it's always the same hotels. And we can see here, you know, that um, that obviously, you know, we were at a very different level in 2019 than the big crash that we had in 2020. We sort of recovered up um, to to early, um, you know, 2020 numbers. Um, at the peak of the of the summer last year, and then we had sort of the, the the tail off again with the second lockdown, and it seems that things are have been going up, and actually this trend has been getting stronger and stronger uh, over the last few weeks, mostly driven by initially by domestic travel, but we're starting to see international travel also peaking up a little bit, and that's that's quite interesting. So so we're we're very optimistic right now for the summer. Um, considering that there's going to be, you know, ability to travel, right? I think the big, big challenge is going to be, are there going to be travel restrictions in place? Are the Brits, the Germans, the Scandinavians going to be able to travel? Um, and uh, how much air capacity is gonna, they're going to be between the U.S. and Europe? Um, mm. So I think uh, in the U.S., pretty much COVID is over, uh, <laughs> if you believe it or not. So, so uh, we're seeing, you know, uh, booking uh, paces above 2019, and actually we're also seeing um, occupancy levels trending up. So, so clearly, um, if we can get the vaccination going um, in Europe, we're going to see also um, a little bit of that coming into effect yeah. here. Yeah, it's quite amazing, isn't it, how much of an impact a vaccine has had now in the U.S. market generally? Because yeah. as you said, it's almost like it's business as usual back then. I mean, obviously it's not, but it is certainly in a lot better um, health and condition than, let's say, we are at the moment here in Europe. Absolutely. Especially. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Interesting on this chart as well, Pedro, I see the, the, the stark difference between booking and Expedia. Uh, yes. It's like booking's picked up against the direct as well because direct was uh kind of having a, a a small win the last few weeks and now they've uh they've really kind of reined that back in haven't they yeah so now uh please take into account that obviously uh some of these uh bookings are still going to be cancelled right mm -hmm. so so this is on the books sort of it's not on the books because it's based on book data but 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 it is it we have to take always the booking.com numbers with uh with a grain of salt because of that, because obviously they experience, you know, significant uh, yeah. cancellation um, uh, rates, which which typically we don't see in direct bookings. But if you, you know, going back to um, to, Dan to Daniela's point, here is, let me see if I can make this bigger. I don't know why this is showing so small. This is actually, you know, day by day bookings. And you can see that, you know, from the beginning of March, we've been seeing an upward trend uh, very consistently 
going up and up and up. And, and mm -hmm. that's really encouraging. And if you look here, we're actually already almost at top of the pandemic uh, tops, let's, let's say, right, of the summer of last year. So I think the next few weeks are going to be very telling if we see this, you know, keep going up or if we're going to stabilize at this level like we did um, in the summer of last year. So, yeah. so I think it's a, to some extent I'm, 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 I'm very optimistic because um, we're seeing also, for instance, on our great hotels of the world uh, business, we're seeing that actually we're, we're getting, again, group inquiries, uh, mm -hmm. mostly for uh, the end of this year and the second quarter of next year. Uh, but group inquiries are coming through again. So uh, the GDS is also starting to move a little bit. So, so I think overall there's an optimism in the industry. Uh, let's see if it holds, right? That's yeah. always, you know, it's a, it's a very funny thing. Last, um, I think we have a, a, a monthly board meeting and, uh, and during the pandemic, we actually had it twice a month. But in the, in the last board meeting, one of my board members said, well, it's interesting because, you know, at the end of last summer, we said, let's hope that the next board meeting will know more. And, uh, and we're still saying that, right? We'll say, we hopefully next month we'll know more. So we're still month by month here. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Daniela, from, uh, yeah, I was just going to ask you, Daniela, from, from Ruby's perspective, has, has direct been a channel that you've actively focused on more in the last few months? Or have you kind of been looking at it from a broader perspective in terms of your channel distribution? So direct has always been a very strong focus for us as a brand, yeah. of course. Um, we've also taken uh, the, the last year as an opportunity to refresh our uh, website a little bit um, to, to generate more bookings. We've definitely seen a trend in um, more web direct bookings, um, which are increasing a lot. Um, mm. I do have to say that a booking is coming uh, very strong behind as well in, in pace. Um, Expedia is a lot slower uh, in terms of uh, pickup in comparison to uh, 2019, for instance. But that's also because Expedia had a lot of international travel, so more US markets, which might come back. Um, who knows by the summer, because there's a lot of rumors that the US is uh, actually lifting travel bans to Europe for all those yeah. that are vaccinated. So I think yeah. that would be a very positive message for, for Europe, definitely in the summer. And Agreed. yeah, I think um, last week or the, the last few weeks have actually been filled with uh, very positive messages where the Netherlands has opened their outside gastronomy. Uh, in um, Austria, they've already uh, opened uh, restrictions. Uh, last month and now also the Nordics are opening the UK is following next month France is uh, also lifting restrictions so there's really a lot happening again Germany yeah. where yeah. I'm based is uh, <laughs> moving the other direction which is not that great but I hope yeah. uh, that we we get past that as well um, so yeah. I think that's uh, where, where a lot of um, um, impact on our demand is on, on the one side is the restrictions of course on the other side is is the different segments so the restrictions yeah. will will look a lot better in the origin and destination regions this summer but of course for especially for city center hotels the summer is not always the greatest month right so uh, that's why yeah. we also uh, very much focus on business travelers coming back by September, where we also see our group pace increasing again from September onwards. And um, then there's this very important segment for us, which is Congress business, and that might 
need a bit longer to a really fully return. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one one thing we've seen we've seen in the report as well is obviously um, occupancy expectations in April twenty one are looking better than the than the uh, month before. CRS data has shown that occupancy for this month has outgrown the same period versus last year. But interestingly, city hotels expect the highest occupancy levels in April, which obviously we're in. So have you noticed that as well in, in Ruby City hotels, particularly perhaps in partially reopened hubs such as London? And, and if so, what, what do you think is the main driver behind that? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, April is a lot stronger now than we were last year. Um, we um, had also more hotels closed last year than we, we had this year. So we need to say that as well. And I think that's uh, what you see in, in the markets in general as well, that there were quite a few hotels that's very abruptly closed uh, end of March last year or in April last year and are slowly reopening now this March or April. Um, in hubs such as London, um, there is definitely an increase in business again. Uh, however, the press is very strongly communicating that travel and hotels are allowed from the 17th of May onwards and currently not yet. And that I think has a, a strong impact on, on those traveling as well. Um, there are many hotels in London still closed. Um, there are some hotels that have great occupancies, some hotels that are open. Um, but talking about the market occupancy in London, we're only at about 10% perhaps. If we're then in comparison, uh, looking at Zurich, for instance, Zurich has a year-to-date occupancy of 25 to 30% in the entire market, which is amazing in comparison to, to many other um, cities. So I think that's a very uh, great sign of um, how travel continues. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, Pedro, there's a, a chart here. You want to talk through that as well? Yeah, sure. So um, obviously, I, I think um, this what this chart, if I look at it from afar, what this chart is showing us is that people are getting a little bit more optimistic, right? This, they, I mean, the expectation for occupancy is always very low in our surveys, as you can see. Uh, resorts um, are obviously a little bit more optimistic or were a bit more optimistic given that they had a reasonable, you know, considering everything that was going on in 2020, they had a reasonable summer. Um, but I do think that we are starting to see pickup in some uh, city center hotels. Um, and we are also starting to see some pickup in international bookings and people are getting more confident. So uh, that's really what, what, what I see here is that, you know, bed and breakfasts are sort of stable at, this is not the high season for them, right? Um, uh, and uh, and certainly the resorts, they're going to get more stuff in, in the summer, uh, but city center hotels are starting to see some movement, and I think that's that's positive. Definitely. Definitely. Someone just shut a door. <laughs> 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 Excellent. Okay, so, uh, Daniela, you mentioned as well before that you, as a group, don't expect the, uh, the corporate or the, the business travel to come back until perhaps late this year. Um, what are, what are your expectations for summer overall? Do you still think that there may be a chance that um, international travel perhaps will resume uh, this year, uh, given that you know, the, the United States will open up? But uh, apart from that area, do you, do you see any other perhaps opportunities in, on international travel? 
Um, yeah, well, with regards to business travel, that is uh, basically the main segment that we are having right now, right? Because in many markets, there's only business travel allowed and not leisure travel. But that's really the more smaller companies or the projects that really can't be done from home office. Um, with regards to the summer, uh, I think the, the outlook is very positive with so many countries lifting their, their restrictions. Um, and even when the US is lifting their, their travel ban, um, I think that's a very, very positive outlook. Um, international travel, if you're talking from uh, about the Vienna market, for instance, uh, that market is very much dependent on German travel. And the, the train ride from Munich to, to Vienna is a lot shorter than uh, uh, driving from Munich to Hamburg. So in that sense, um, we'll have definitely uh, international travel again. The long haul travel, that might take a bit longer. Mm-hmm. In terms of, uh, you know, obviously uh, where you mentioned earlier as well, Germany, for example, is still kind of in a, uh, a difficult position at the moment where we're currently still in a lockdown. In fact, we have a curfew uh, in place. Um, are you hearing as a brand overall anything outside of the industry that gives you some kind of indication that uh, vaccination progression is um, increasing, that uh, it's looking like it's going to start to uh, be more, uh, I guess, wider spread across the country that will then hopefully start to lighten uh, or open things up again? Is there any is there any kind of word that you're hearing from inside sources at all that uh, you might be able to share? Yes, definitely. Um, that's actually a movement from the last couple of weeks where um, some bigger cities have um, um, made AstraZeneca available for everyone uh, because that is a uh, vaccination which was so bad in the press that they have too much mm. of it uh, currently, of course. Um, and um, I've actually known quite a lot of people that uh, are quite young as well um, that have um, already uh, been vaccinated with AstraZeneca and have been able to get appointments. There's now more and more uh, people that get appointments through their um, um, general practitioners as well, um, also with different um um, vaccinations. Um, so, um, yeah, I th- I really see a, a difference there in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Pedro, are you seeing it as well in, in, in your area? I mean, obviously you're based in Portugal, but I know you also have a lot of uh, contact in other areas. So, so uh, again, I think mo- probably uh, going back, I, I just I was just getting this this report done here. Uh, the, the most the most relevant is really what we're seeing is in the U.S. Right, where vaccination really has basically ended COVID, and you can look here that we're way above you know normal numbers for for the same period. So so there is this trend of. I would say revenge travel potentially happening because when vaccination goes well, um, we'll see. We have to wait and see. I'm not sure I answered your question, to be very honest. <laughs> no, that's fine. It was It was really, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, you know, with, with so much of a positive result out of the U.S. vaccination program, I'm yes. wondering if there's any insider type of news that we might be hearing from organizations or associations that they might have heard 
you know, from direct from government sources that might give a kind of in, inclination in terms of when things might start to loosen up a little bit. No, I, I think I think what at least what we're seeing in, in most of the European countries is that people are putting in place some sort of schedule to give some sort of predictability and visibility into the future. And so far, I think the, the, the countries that have done so um, have been able to meet the schedules. So yeah. people are opening up um, gradually, um, unlike the US, right, where there really was never sort of a, uh, there, there were partial lockdowns, like schools were locked down, but actually businesses were working and so on. I think in Europe, it's been more of a really shut down lockdown sort of mentality and a slow opening. Um, the question is, is the speed of opening going to be, you know, fast enough to make up for the summer? Uh, but I do believe that, you know, when we get back into the fall, we're going to be starting to look at more of a normal sort, sort of scenario then. And, and I'm with Danielle and maybe we'll start seeing some corporate travel back because we're, we are seeing GDS bookings now. Um, and, uh, and are we going to start seeing groups? And we have confirmed some, some groups for for uh for the fall now obviously all of this is tentative now uh, one of the things that uh that we have to to be very clear on the books means very little right now right because uh, it's only on the books once people have checked out <laughs> then it's truly on the books uh, but but i think uh the signals are there that that we're gonna have you know uh hopefully uh, a, a more normal 2022 for sure but mm -hmm. 2021 is still going to be difficult and we're still going to be seeing, you know, uh, some, you know, like what's happening in India right now, right? It's, uh, you know, more of this is going to happen. So there's going to be certain source markets that are going to be opening and shutting. I think the domestic markets are going to remain fairly open through the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Now, you also had another slide on before this one as well. Did you want to talk through that at all? It sure. Like, I think uh, that was showing uh, revenues, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think... Uh, uh, this is uh, obviously th this was done in March, and I'm very curious to see uh, how this has changed in April. But it, it's sort of curious that that people are either going to say that they're going to be better off or worse off, and and none of them are, are, are very few, 10% only are, are saying that 2021 is going to be the same as 2020, um, mm -hmm. which I think as the year progresses, we're going to start uh, to you know. Consolidate on a trend. Is it really going to be, uh, you know, 50-50 that 50% of hotels are going to be better off and 50% of hotels are going to be worse off, uh, or is it more like a, a, a significant chunk, uh, like we thought in February? Said, you know, it's really a wash. Uh, in 2020, we lost, you know, March, April, May, June. In 2021, we lost January, February, March, April. May is the big question, right? Uh, so May, if May comes in, we're seeing that, you know, April is going to come in probably at 22, 24% of 2019. Uh, uh, May is going to be sort of what, in my opinion, is going to be the deciding factor, whether we're going to have a better or a worse 2021 than 2020. So mm -hmm. I'm very curious about uh, where we're going to be when we talk next week, next, next yeah. month. Yeah, should be interesting. Okay, and in terms of uh, just for the audience again, please don't forget uh, if you're a hotelier to make sure that you uh, uh, contribute to that survey. The the, the the link layer can put that into the comments section as well as the uh, the URL for, for you also download the report and have access to the full report. 
Uh, okay, so this slide here, Pedro is showing us the estimate business recovery, same financial position versus 2019. So you're looking at right. Yeah. So so when we ask this, a very few say that 2021 uh, uh, is going to be equal to 2019, and pre so pretty much 90% of everybody says that they're going to be worse off than in 2019. And I think mm -hmm. sort of the the worrying sign here is that more people you know, increasingly more people are saying 2023, right? And uh, so we'll see. Um, but I think overall people have come to grips um, that this is not going to be just, you know, we're going to go back to where we were. Um, we're also seeing some sort of interesting trends in the U.S. that may be relevant to the audience. Like, you know, hotels are reopening, but they're reopening with less staff. And, uh, and actually... Uh, a lot of people are thinking that a lot of things that were not automated should be automated uh, because of this open close and, you know, nobody knows where the margin is really going to be, i.e. what is the long-term occupancy that we're going to experience at these hotels. So how much staff can I really throw at the problem and how much automation should I throw at the problem to sort of lower my my fixed operational cost when, when the, the hotel is open. So so I think that there's uh, it's it's it, there are some really interesting things happening and some of the smarter um, groups are, are using the time to sort of make um, uh, some shifts towards mm -hmm. direct bookings, towards more automation and revenue management, um, and so on and so forth. So, so I do believe that uh, we're going to be looking back, say, in 2023 to, to the pandemic and say, you know, it was very hard to get through it. Uh, but overall, as an industry, we're better prepared uh, for the future because of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, if you're looking at it from a silver lining perspective, um, you know, every opportunity has a silver lining and uh, hoteliers, I guess, uh, we're, we're kind of hearing they seem to be less concerned with previously dominated issues that have perhaps impacted consumer demand, such as health and safety concerns or tighter consumer budgets uh, and even flight capacity. So as such, hoteliers kind of continue to prioritize reshaping their, their marketing strategies. And Daniela, um, I'd be very curious to hear how Ruby have gone about that, but also how they've gone it to reach, how they've approached it to reach new markets and to cater for for the domestic traveler. So do you agree with that sentiment? And, and how has Ruby Hotels used this downtime to strengthen your position uh, with restrictions or when once restrictions are lifted to make way for this uh, pent-up travel or this uh, revenge travel demand that we're so anticipating and expecting? Yes, so um, Ruby's Lean Luxury philosophy stands for uh, luxury at affordable pricing. So um, in this way, we can offer um, affordable uh, products uh, only by very lean structures and automating processes to the maximum. So we strongly focus on uh, contactless technologies or technologies in general. Um, for instance, our check-in process uh, happens through a check-in kiosk, so there's not a receptionist that needs to do that manually. So our uh, reception is combined uh, with a bar, and our hosts have therefore more time to focus on the guest experience than on administrative duties such as checking in a guest into the PMS or uh, handling payments. Our payments are also done automatically, and therefore there's no checkout process needed. So that's also saves time again. A guest just automatically receives their uh, bill upon uh, departure by email. So it saves time for the guest, but, uh, for, but also for, for the hotel itself. Um, 
We've also last year introduced cashless payments. So uh, all the payments that do still happen in the hotel and don't happen automatically, they are only by card or by contactless payments. So um, a check-in at the bar, even at our vending machines, there we don't accept any cash anymore. and We handle everything contactless. Hmm. Um, okay. Now, no, no, please continue. I'll ask you the next question when you're okay. finished, sorry. All right. Um, yes, so um, we've um, been uh, focusing on many, many different automation uh, topics, of course, and the difficult decision uh, in a pandemic is always what different projects or no new projects do you actually start or continue and what don't you because there's no cash flow, but there's a lot of time. So that's always a, a, a difficult uh, issue. We've, uh, for instance, uh, upgraded our PMS um, for all of our hotels. So this was a very uh, large project where we've looked at every single uh, process during the guest journey and during the reservation process um, to make sure we can automate as much as possible and don't have to have a huge back office uh, doing manual work. Um, this also increased our analysis uh, possibilities, but also our yielding possibilities. And um, also, for instance, uh, the automated uh, payment options as well. Um, we've given our website a new look to book, uh, to boost um, also mobile visitors, for instance. Um, and that's, of course, an ongoing process because we live in such a digital age that we need to upgrade our website almost on a yearly basis. So that's that's always something ongoing um but uh we are also preparing for sustainable travel or to to increase our um uh ecological footprint where we've in, uh, introduced ruby green which is uh, a guest can exchange a room cleaning for a cocktail at the bar um mm -hmm. and this already saves 42 liters of water for just one room yeah. cleaning so that's uh, pretty yeah. Yeah, certainly take a few cocktails to to reach the equivalent of that, wouldn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you've put in a new PMS, uh, and you also yeah. spoke about contactless and cashless payments. Have Have you always had like pre pandemic? Did you have uh, contactless payments in place, or sorry, cashless payments in place, as well as contactless solutions? No. Or uh, is that something that you also introduced during the time? So basically, what I'm getting at: Did you do a kind of a tech stack refresh throughout this pro throughout this downtime, or did you kind of just uh, pick up certain areas that you still needed that you were working on over a bigger picture kind of project? Well, our philosophy in general has always been to automate processes as much as possible and be as digital as much, much as possible. And that's, uh, I think, a reason why Ruby can weather this storm or this pandemic uh, pretty well. Um, of course, we've taken the time in, over the last year to increase these processes uh, even better because digital, uh, digitalization or automation, you can always improve or do do even better so the check-in the automated check-in was already there pre-pandemic but the cashless okay. payment uh, we've introduced uh, at the start of the pandemic for instance 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. You know, it's so great to hear another, obviously, major hotel brand here in Germany. Anyway, is uh, reviewing their technology, reviewing their website, their booking engine. Um, we had Steffi on from Meininger the last session, and she also said the same thing. You know, they've re reviewed their renewed their PMS, and you guys have also taken the opportunity to to review technology and and to you know improve on things when you had the opportunity so i think that's again hats off to you i think that it's great to hear it really is it's good it's very positive news yeah and i think that's a very important topic because everyone knows uh, that the hotel industry is far behind in technology in comparison to other industries so we uh, yeah. maybe we even needed this pandemic to kind of try and catch up on, on certain things yeah, especially yeah. in e-commerce uh, business yeah Right, right. Now, um, I, just one other question before I, I turn to Pedro for this next slide. You spoke about your, I mean, yes, web pages need to be reviewed pretty much on an annual basis now. But when it comes to the, the booking engine side of things, did you make many adjustments to your booking engine in this downtime as well? Or is that state fairly relative? Um, we... Um make continuous uh, adjustments to our booking engine, but we didn't change our booking engine. In okay. Such. Um, but okay. because of the automated check-in, we, we need to in include and increase a lot of possibilities to make sure that we automate in, in booking engine. And also, of course, with the connection of a new PMS, there, there were quite a few changes that we needed to take into consideration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Um, so what have we got here, Fedor? Direct channel breakdown? Uh, I was just trying to sort of, uh, you know, relate back to Daniela and what she was saying in terms of mobile. And, uh, and we're really seeing, um, actually, so uh, mobile has been growing very, very steadily in importance over the, over the course of uh, the last few years. In 2020, we saw a big spike, which we've discussed here. Uh, and you can see here there that after, you know, the lockdown, it went up almost to 30% of all nights booked um, on our CRS in terms of direct were mobile bookings. Um, uh, and we're back to that, right? We're in the 25% to 30% range. So mm. it's really important that the mobile experience is, is, is working. We're also seeing, I don't have that, that those graphs, but we also are seeing that, you know, about 25% of all direct bookings, right, in terms of number of reservations, are either for today or tomorrow. And that's, you know, this short-term booking, this, this short window, it's really critical to optimize your mobile bookings to make sure that you can take um, advantage of that, of that short-term demand. And, uh, and so the booking experience has to be slightly different and more optimized and more streamlined because if you're on a phone, you really don't have all the capacities that you have on a, on a desktop. And therefore, uh, that would be my encouragement would be to, for hotels to review their, their mobile bookings, to try to book tonight or to try to book tomorrow night and see, you know, how long does that take? How many clicks? Is there, are there things along the, the, the customer journey that can be optimized so that, um, so that they can capture this, this short-term demand? Because I think these uh, short booking windows are here to stay, right? Um, there's so much uncertainty into, let's say, into the next 12 months, right? I, that that people will will continue to book, you know, short term because they don't know if the, you know, is the vaccination passport going to be available or not? Are they going to be able to get me a refund or are they going to get me a credit? I already have so many credits from so many things that I booked, 
And so there's there's just a lot of uncertainty on the consumer side. So so I think uh, we need to try to, you know, if you want to capture demand, you need to be optimized for, for short-term bookings. That's, that's what I believe. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I think it's also very important to make it easy for the guests um, to uh, not having to uh, look for your credit card number once again, but to kind of uh, be able to save or log in or have all the all the data of your address, your um, personal data ready there that you can book with two clicks and, and be done with it. And I think that is um, a reason why still many people like to book on booking.com because the profile is there, there and they can just book any hotel. And if we can just um, align with that and make it easy for guests, I think we, we win a lot. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Okay, great. We have a question here from uh, Rita, uh, who's asked, she's from Great Hotels of the World, and she's asking, Daniela, are you seeing any movement in small meetings or events in your hotels at all? And if so, are there any particular destinations? So I do have to say there that Ruby doesn't have uh, the typical meeting rooms. So um, we uh, basically cater for, for groups without meeting rooms. Um, we have next to hotels, we um, have workspaces as well, where we have uh, some meeting rooms, but that's um, really the small meeting rooms that that still are in demand. Um, really large, large meeting rooms is not something we offer. Okay, cool. And Sorry. we also have a question here from, no, that's okay, no problems at all. We also have a question <laughs> here from uh, our very own Leah. She's asked, uh, many hotels report that the pandemic accelerated automation of their processes and operations and that technology solutions are leveraged increasingly to respond better to consumer expectations. Obviously, implementing contactless technologies, etc. So, how is Ruby approaching us? Well, we kind of already covered that, haven't we? In terms of the way you're, um, you know, you've been focusing on your tech stack, but um, is there any? Do you have any other plans for other technologies moving forward in this time as well, or have you? Would you say that you've kind of covered that now, that area now for 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 now um, as such? I wouldn't say that we're done. I think we're never done uh, with with these projects. Um, what we're currently um, introduced is, for instance, guest messaging, um, mm -hmm. which uh, where we have a lot more respondents on sending guests a pre-arrival email because they're just on their phone, uh, up on check-in or during their stay or up on check-out, uh, after check-out, just uh, sending personalized messages. Um, or asking for a hotel review or uh, offering special services, uh, informing about this new great cocktail we've had or um, in the future also the events that are going on in our bar, for instance. And guest messaging is, uh, I think, a great way to, to uh, increase the guest experience as well. There's many other projects that are currently ongoing that uh, I'm happy to talk about when We've actually introduced them, um, but uh, no, we we're never uh, fully done with improving our service and projects. Mm. Mm. Very good, uh, Pedro. This slide here, you're talking uh, the scale of one to seven in terms of uh, direct uh, bookings versus marketing spend and ADR. 
Yeah, so I, I think uh, this slide only shows good news in terms of, uh, yeah. you know, people getting more optimistic, to be very honest. So people are saying, you know, direct bookings are increasing in importance, which means obviously more money in their pockets. And I think we've uh, we've beaten that horse here. <laughs> and uh, But I also think that, uh, you know, people are more optimistic in terms of marketing spend for the future and in terms of holding ADR. So, so I think overall, um, the the sentiment in the industry is that we're turning the corner a little bit on the pandemic now, and therefore things are going to ease up a little bit. The only other thing that I wanted to go back to is, is uh, you know, domestic versus international and leisure versus business. Um, business has hit sort of the all-time low in our in our uh, report in terms of uh, of expectation of uh, of who contribute contribution to recovery, and um, and that's sort of a. a, a a negative thing for for city center hotels with 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 strong business focus. I do believe that uh, you know there are some other alternatives that people are looking at right now, like leisure groups and leisure series and stuff like that. So so I think people will need to diversify a little bit their sales and marketing strategy, which is really what what I think um, our hoteliers are also telling us here somewhere. Um, you know, um, in terms of, you know, coming up with special offers and packages and looking at, you know, what are they doing with the sales and, and marketing strategy and shaping offers around local markets. So I do believe that these three strategies, which have been stable from the March edition now to the April edition, uh, are going to be sort of the priorities going forward. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Uh, Daniela, have you also within Ruby yourselves, how have you uh, structured your rates in terms of, for example, offering special offers and packages for recovery now? Is there, have you looked at reviewing that type of uh, strategy from, from, from that side or is it, uh, have you kept your rates kind of as they were throughout the last 12 months? No, we constantly try new things, to be honest. Um, so we've changed different offers uh, and packages, but also uh, try out new channels um, because there's happened uh, quite a bit with uh, different distribution channels. Um, and I think we need to be very quick to focus on the, the destination market. So currently, mm. we really need to focus on this uh, local uh, business, the small businesses that are still allowed to travel um, and as soon as leisure travel becomes allowed we, we need to focus very strongly on staycation um, after that we can focus on more more international travel so we very um, much need to be aligned with the government restrictions uh, currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a question as well here from the from a, an audience member, Moroni van Ardenen. Uh, thanks for joining us, Moroni. Great to have you. Question here is, do you agree that pleasure will be more important? <laughs> Daniela, would you like to start with that one? Um, I think we saw it, uh, trends pre-pandemic already that the, the mix between business and leisure is becoming uh, stronger, right? And I think that's... Uh, only in increase now where uh, we actually have seen um, in our hotels that uh, bar uh, spendings per guest have increased a lot and where we actually see that there's a lot of leisure time um, happening with groups of business guests that are enjoying to socialize again and to, to travel and be out about and about again. Um, so I think there's, there's a very strong mixture 
happening between business and leisure and we cannot really fixedly say anymore you're here only for business because it will always be a bit of a mixture yeah yeah if i may add to that i, I have mm. to thank moroni I, I i don't know moroni but thank you moroni for the question i do that, actually you know, gr- <laughs> given that, <laughs> that at great hotels of the world uh when we launched the brand or relaunched the brand, right? The brand has been around for a while, but we bought it in 2018 and then we relaunched it. We were, we relaunched it around the pleasure uh, experience, which means that the new uh, corporate traveler doesn't want to sit by a highway in a big box. They want to be in city center hotels where they can have some fun uh, while they're working, right? And, uh, and, and I think that's sort of the concept for great hotels of the world. So I do believe that you know, the pandemic is going to even make that further. So where, you know, a lot of people uh, now, um, you know, whereas before the pandemic, probably it was impossible to tell your boss to say, hey, I'm going to spend a week at the Maldives, uh, but I'm going to be working three days out of the five, right? And and your boss would say, uh, <laughs> this is not going to work for me, right? I think this is possible nowadays that you can go to, you know, very exotic destinations, work from there, and everybody will trust that you're going to be online and doing your job. So, so I do believe that this trend is going to be uh, getting stronger in the sense of, you know, um, either you, you, you know, you take some time of the day to work from your hotel, and then you take half a day off, and uh, and companies are going to be a lot more flexible with this, also with their with their corporate policies. So, so I do believe that there's probably an uphill battle here in terms of you know, duty of care, insurance, liability, and a bunch of things that companies will have to, to work through uh, from an HR perspective. Um, but I do think that a lot of hotels that really didn't have corporate travelers per se, now do have to have, you know, good internet, good, you know, good facilities to print stuff if people need to print stuff and, and stuff like that, that, that you need in, in, in a corporate hotel. So, so I do think that corporate hotels are going to, the ones that are in good city center locations and are fun they're going to be uh in in good shape for the for the upturn yeah excellent and i think this uh slide you're showing as well is a good indication of that as well when you look at for example staycations yeah uh, sustainable tourism they're they're all uh showing positive signs interestingly uh contactless technology slightly dropping off there for april in the april edition minor but yeah yeah it's interesting because that's not the case for Ruby, I have to say. Um, working from hotel, perhaps, um, but we are definitely focusing on contactless uh, technology um, and direct channel as well, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, excellent. We have a question as well here for both of you. There's a lot of talk about subscription mm-hmm. slash membership-based hotel offers. What's your take on that, Daniela? So we've uh, seen that those guests that are returning are the members or the loyal guests that knew Ruby before. And that's, I think, the reason why our direct channel is is doing so well. Um, so we are very much focusing on, on our members or our loyal guests um, to, to make sure that they return, to that they travel to new destinations as well. Um, and I think they are more important than they've been before. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've, I think we've had this conversation a few months ago, and uh, uh, I think that's wishful thinking. There's a lot of wishful thinking in the industry. Um, I don't see 
uh, people really signing up to spend thousands of euros a year on hotels, um, unless they're getting really a, a super, super deal, which I don't think hotels are willing to give either. I, and I think it would be the wrong thing to do. So while there's a lot of talk, I'm still not seeing it. Um, but but I may be wrong. I've been wrong before. Uh, but I, I'm not seeing somebody, you know, signing up for a thousand euro or a two thousand euro uh, package uh, that will give me ten nights or twenty nights or or something like that. And I can use them at any hotel at great hotels of the world. Let's use our brand, right? Mm -hmm. I, I just don't think that that's going to happen. And I think, as Daniela was saying, the loyal guests they're already engaging with hotels to get either some sort of you know, deal, whether it's an upgrade, you know, instead of staying in a standard room to go to the superior room or the free breakfast or whatever. So I think that the sort of the corporate guests also negotiate that through negotiated rates and so on. So all of that is sort of already in place. And I just yeah. don't see a subscription model being attractive enough for the guests uh, uh, to make it work, to be very honest at this stage. Yeah, 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 I totally agree on that. Um, a subscription model that that doesn't really work. But what uh, hotels need to focus on is that the guests want to return to this actual brand. Right? Exactly. That they, on the guest journey, that they on the entire guest experience. So rather than a pre-bought offer, um, it's it's about uh, satisfaction. I think the most. And, and maybe brands like Celine and maybe some of the more experienced are oriented brands uh, could sell, you know, an annual subscription where you could stay a year and travel the world and stay at Selena uh, around the world. So maybe that, you know, I think that sort of thing experience level uh, could work. Like, we, you know, we used to have tickets around the world for airlines, right? Where you could buy a ticket and you could, you know, just jump around the world for, you know, an enormous amount of money, but you could, you had a lot of flexibility there. So I think that, you know, the larger brands may come with those sorts of things because people can work from anywhere, but you know, subscription, the sense of Netflix for uh, for hotels, I think it's gonna be very difficult to pull off, to be very honest. Yeah. Okay, very good. Well, guys, we're coming up to our time. Um, before we wrap up, I just wanna remind the audience again, uh, for the final time to make sure if you're a hotelier that you sub subscribe to the report, get a copy of the report, but also please uh, contribute to the survey. Uh, it's really uh, valuable information that we can then collate and, and then produce these reports. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, Daniela, uh, any final words from you before we, before we wrap up? I am very much looking forward to this entire pandemic being over. And I think um, <laughs> the industry is being shaken up by now um, um, to look more innov uh, innovative uh, into the future. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to see what's going to happen. Thanks yeah, a lot, thank uh, Andre and Pedro. Thank you. It's wonderful to have you again. Thanks for joining. We really appreciate it. Thank you very it. much. Pedro, any final words from you before we wrap no, up? I, I think we're in a good place right now actually uh I, I have one maybe one more piece of data to share which is yeah. these are the people that are bo booking international travel on our crs so people from that are booking hotels and it's the usual suspect so uh it's some sort of, it's some sense of normalcy returning that i think is coming our way uh, maybe not at the level that we would like it to be and maybe not at the speed that we like it to be but i think some sense of normalcy is coming back and, uh, and I'm looking forward to, to going through the summer, just like Daniela, looking forward to a better, much better winter than we had last year. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I think we're all looking forward to that. Okay, guys. Well, listen, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Make sure that you uh, um, join us again next month for the next report. And as I said, please, uh, if you're a hotelier, make sure you get the report and, and contribute to the survey. So until next time, it's bye for now. Thanks very much.